Right, we're almost ready. So, Philippians chapter 4. So, that's where we're going to start. Um, So so let me just give you a little bit of background to to this letter. Philippians 4 is is Paul writing to to the uh, church in Philippi just to to thank them for for what they've done for him. Paul is in in Rome. We reckon this is his first imprisonment in Rome. Um, And he's almost like on house arrest. So he's actually able to stay in a house, able to continue with his ministry, able to still meet with people at this stage. We know this doesn't last for long because you get to 2 Timothy and it changes. He's he's then in in a prison where it's dark, it's cold, and he knows his life has come to end. We do know that at some point in the near future that that Paul is taken just outside the city city, uh, of, of Rome where he is not crucified because he is a Roman citizen, but he is beheaded. So Paul knows things are coming to an end. He knows his time's coming to an end. But he wants to write to, to the church in Philippi and, and just thank them for what they have done. So um, we're going to read from Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> He says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you, the the Philippians, uh, you know that the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from uh, Macedonia, not one church shared with me in this matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more, more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that you be more credited to your account. I've received full payment and have more enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received uh, from... I know his name, I know his name, Epiditus, and, and the gifts that you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, and pleasing to God. And may the God, and may I, God, will meet all your needs according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Do you remember the 80s? Who likes 80s music? What a just the best generation ever. This sort of music was so good. Wasn't it back in the 80s? Oh, oh, what did we have? Kajagoogoo. Remember Kajagoogoo? Oh, that was good. Too shy, shy. Uh, um, oh, Madness was at its peak in the 80s. Remember Madness? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> lots of great bands. But there is one person who was tearing up all uh, all, all the charts. He was number one in the churches. Of course, that was Graham Kendrick. We had a little bit of competition from Dave Bilbrey. Remember him? 
Dave Bilbrey and me fell out once, uh, which was hysterical. He came to, I was sort of like touring with him, and uh, I had to put the, remember the old days you had OHPs, remember that overhead, and I had to put them on, and there was this pretty girl in, uh, in, in the front row who I was chatting to, and I was so concentrating on the pretty girl that these slides were going backwards and upside down and sideways, and he sacked me after that one. So Graham Kendrick's much better than Dave Bilbrey, is all I'm saying. Um, truly a man of God. But remember what, what he said? Liz, can you come help? Maybe we can all join in this together. Well, what about this one? Uh, from, from the 80s, a blast from the past, okay? You know this one? Let's sing it together, ready? The earth is the Lord's <laughs> The earth is the Lord's Work of His hands The earth is the Lord And everything in it All things were made for His glory Oh, don't you miss the 80s? Where our songs were songs. <laughs> You're all going, no. <laughs> but, but there's some truth in that song, isn't there? The earth is the Lord. You know where that comes from? Psalms. The psalmist says, Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The psalmist knew that. He knew that everything in this world belongs to him. Everything that we have comes from him. Not only did he know it, but Paul knew it. Um, Colossians, oh, I've got all this on the things. The earth is the Lord and everything, Psalm 24. Uh, Colossians 1, verse 16. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and are for him. All things belong to him. Things that are visible and invisible. That takes care of my bank account. Things that are visible and invisible. <laughs> but all things belong to him. Uh, what about this one? So that's, that's Paul. What about John? John even puts it down. He says, through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Everything is his. He made it all. It belongs to him. Let's go to David. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and on earth is yours. It all belongs to him. So let's put this into context. Your house is his house. It belongs to him. Your car is his car. Your clothes is his clothes. Your Jimmy Choo shoes are his Jimmy Choo shoes. That's hard to say, actually, Jimmy Choo shoes. <laughs> I think he'd have a better name. Um, your wallet is his wallet. Your credit card is his credit card. <laughs> yep, you can have that one. <laughs> That's his. Don't bill me for his. Your savings is his savings. Everything that we have is from him. It all belongs to him. And sometimes we forget that it's his and we think it's ours. He only gives to us. Every good gift comes from him. It's his. So we're talking about giving. And the first thing I just want to say, just remember that everything that we have is his. Because giving is all about God. It's all about God. That's what giving is. It's about God. Has 
there's a guy called J. John. I think he came here once, didn't he? You remember J. John? Oh, a blast from the 80s. Me and J. John were in the same small group when he started. So there was me, J. John, and there's a guy called John. Oh, he went to where your dad's church was, um, Gorsley. I can't think of his surname. Three of us, and then we had Leighton Ford in our small group, so it was really posh. I felt like a minnow in a, a, a giant's bowl. It was incredible. Anyway, J. John tells a story of, of, of once when he said um, there was a man who was, who was, who was going uh, abroad, and he gets to the airport, and he gets to the airport, and he thinks, I've got a bit of time, so he decides to go and get some coffee, as you do. So he went over, and he bought some coffee, and when he was buying coffee, he spotted that they were selling donuts. And he thought, oh, I'll have some of mini donuts. So he bought a bag of mini donuts and he got his coffee. And then what you do when you always go to the airport, you try and find a table. But all the tables were full. Uh, but he saw there was one man sat on a table by himself. So he thought, oh, I'll go and join him. So he walked over, he smiled, and he put, put his, his coffee down. He took his coat and his bags and he put everything down. And he sat there, he got his coffee. He opened up his coffee and he took a drink and he relaxed. And then he thought, oh, I have a donut. So he went to the middle of the table and he ripped open the bag and he pulled out and he got a donut and he bit into it. And went, oh, that's good. That's good. And then the man opposite smiled, stretched over, grabbed the bag of donuts, opened it up, put his hand in and ate one and put it back in the middle and smiled. He was horrified. He looked at me and thought, damn my do- he stole one of my donuts. He, he thought, well, he doesn't want to make a fuss, partly because he's British and partly he doesn't know oh, this guy could be a lunatic. You know what I mean? He could, could explode. He could cause real damage. So, he, so he, he does what the best thing he can do. He just gives them that look. That, you know, that look. You know what I mean? If looks could kill this, would he? Went. <laughs> and he drunk his coffee. And he's thinking, That's, what is the world coming to when someone steals your donuts? He thought, Anyway, he has a drink, starts to calm down, opens a bag, puts his hand in, takes another door, eats it. And the man, I know, and then he brings it closer to him, as far away from the donut stealer as he can, right up by his coffee, gives him the look. Well, this man doesn't care, he smiles, stretches over, grabs a bag, pulls it towards him, puts his hand in, takes another donut, eats it, and pushes the bag back to the middle of the table. He is furious, got five donuts, he's had two, this man's had two, and he's looking at them. And he thinks, oh. Anyway, this man stands up to leave, so puts his coat on, grabs his bag, and he's, he's off. But before he goes, he stretches over, picks up the bag of donuts, breaks it in half, eats half, puts the other one in, back in the middle, and shoves it towards him, gives him a smile, and waves goodbye. He's like, horrified, he's touched it. Who knows what infections this man could have? And he's walking off and he's like furious. He's looking at him going, oh, donut collector, I'm glad you're leaving. I'm glad you're gone. Anyway, he looks at him and thinks, I ain't going to eat that. Anyway, he looks and thinks, oh, it's his time. That I, I, I better get on the plane. So he picks up his coffee, finishes it, puts down, puts his coat on and reaches down. And there, on top of his bag, is his bag of donuts. He thought he was stealing his donuts, but what he was doing is he was sharing his donuts.
All the donuts belong to God. All the donuts. Everything is His. He just allows us to share in His world and in His gifts. He owns all the donuts. And He wants us to share and to give. We just forget, don't we? We just think in this world everything's ours, but it's not. And God wants us to learn to give. He gives us 10 donuts each day, and He says, Use one of them to give to church. Learn to give. We need to learn to give. And if we give one to church, it means that we have nine left. But some of us don't need nine, do we? We need 15. <laughs> but somehow, that nine sometimes stretches. Or sometimes people come up and go, you know what I mean? I, 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 I don't need my nine donuts. I only need five. Would you like two of mine? You're like, yeah, thank you. We need to learn to share and to give. Some of us, some of us don't need nine. In fact, we only need four or five, and we can give away a bit more. But we need to learn it's all about God. Second thing I want to say, is this going to work? Oh, there we go. It's all about being generous. There's a story of um, a dad who was trying to teach his little girl about, about giving, and especially about giving to God. So he, he would give pocket money. And so one day he came out and he had two pound coins. And he said, come here. And he goes, two pound coins. This one is for you. You can spend that on whatever you want. But this one is for God. Oh, you can give that to church tomorrow. And the little girl looked at him and thought, yes, sweetie shop, here I come. And as she was running to the sweetie shop, she said she, she tripped. And as she tripped, the two coins rolled out her hands. And one of the coins went down the drain. And she picked it up, the other coin up, and she went... Oh, sorry, God. Looks like your, your coins rolled away. <laughs> and she went to the sweetie shop. <laughs> Sometimes we, we, we need to learn to be generous. If you, if you look at the early church, you ever read that sort of chapter in uh, Acts chapter 4? The early church, it was something attractive about it. All these believers uh, sort of in Jerusalem, all these guys, 5,000 or so became Christians, didn't they? And they're all gathering. And there was something so attractive that they were adding to their number daily. And what was so attractive was that they all shared what they had. When there was no one in need because they shared it all among themselves. There was such a community that people looked at that and thought, I want to be part of that that's what it means to be generous it means that we don't mind getting stuck in and doing everything God is generous to us isn't he he's he's, he's fantastic he gave us the best that he could give us what did he give us he gave us his one and only son for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life he gave, not that we deserve it. You know I mean, not that we're good enough because, oh, I'm going to give them my child. Quite the opposite. He gave because he loves us. Not, that, not because we loved him first. The opposite. He loved us first. Not because he expects something in return. Because he loves us. And it, actually, I love the word because it's not just loved us. He so 
loved us. He so loves you. So loves you. He didn't have to have that word so in, but he so loves you that he gave the best that he can do. And as, as his children, we need to copy what he does. We need to learn to be generous. Children do copy what, what parents do. Do you ever notice this? Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. We, we had a, a crisis when I was in Exeter. One of the, the, the preschool uh, leaders came in and says, uh, Steve, you need to come and see this. There's something wrong in preschool this morning. I walked in. And the children were kicking around toys going, stupid, 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 stupid. And I looked at them and I knew exactly where that came from. Because that very morning, my preschooler, my, my 18-month-year-old, Rachel would say, could you change her before church? I went, no problem. So I changed the nappy. They don't have instructions on a nappy, do they? They just give you a nappy and expecting you know how it works. Most nappies are easy. It was disposable. You put it on. You put the two flappy bits down. It sticks down. Easy. But not if you put some cream on the child first. As soon as you put cream on the child, you touch these things. They don't stick. And so I got through three nappies. By the third one, I threw it to the floor and I kicked it out the door. But stupid, stupid, stupid. And now in Sunday school, I've got a child who's teaching other children the stupid thing. And kicking things around going, stupid, stupid, stupid. I looked at them and I have no idea why they're doing that. <laughs> God wants us to copy him. Our generous God wants us to learn to be generous. What we have is for sharing. What we have should be for him. But it's not, not just about being generous. It's, it's about the heart. Um, this, is, this is from 2 Corinthians. It says this, Each should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And if God is able to bless you abundantly, so in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You get that bit? You should decide in your heart what to give. It's all about the heart. It's all about what, what you feel is right to give. God doesn't want a grumpy giver. He wants a cheerful giver. He doesn't want you to come in and go, oh, I don't like this at all. Right, God, you can have the money. He doesn't want that. He wants you to give. He wants you to learn to give in love and to enjoy it. So when you're putting your offerings in this morning, that little box at the back, I whoop on the way out. Woohoo! There you go, another 50,000 pounds in the offering. <laughs> cheerful giver. I found this in Exodus. This is, this is uh, the story of, um, of Moses. This is when they're making the tabernacle. So Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering to the Lord. Everyone who is willing to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, and fine linen, or goat hair. Everyone who is willing... Not everyone was willing, not everyone took part, but those who were willing gave what they had. Some gave gold, some gave silver, and some gave goat hair. Goat hair. It's not a big offering, goat hair, is it? But it was important still that people gave big and small. It's important what we give, both big and small, but it's more important what comes from the heart. 
It's all about the heart that matters. God doesn't want grumpy givers. He wants cheerful givers. He doesn't want people to do it forcefully. He just wants us to react to him in love. We are children. We should react like a child. If we love him, we'll give. But he doesn't want to force us. He wants us to do it out of love. And the last thing I want to say. Oh, look, I'm really quick today. That's what you think, I'm not done. (laughs) It's about you. It's about God. It's about being generous. And it's about you. About learning to live well with or without. You hear what Paul says, I am content. I am content. I know what it is to be hungry. I know what it is to be well fed. I know what it's like to be in need. And I know what it's like to to have loads. Paul had learnt the secret in life of contentment. Whatever he had, make the most of it. He knew what it was to live well. We live in a world um, where we sort of live in a world where we always compare each, each, things to each other, don't we? You know, you're some of the richest people on this planet. There was, a, there was a years ago something called on, on Channel 4, it was a, a website where you could figure out how rich you were in, in according to the whole planet. It was really encouraging, especially for me. I thought, I am so poor. And you go on this website going, woohoo, I am in the top 6% of the world's earners. And we are. We live in a place where we have loads. If we compare it to each other, you might, oh, he has more than me. But actually, if you, if you compare yourself over the world, you guys are stinking rich. I mean, you guys are well were yeah, minted. You know I mean, you, you, you're really in the top earners of the world. And sometimes we need to learn that, that you know I mean, to be happy with what we've got. Not to compare ourselves to one another, but to realize that every good thing that we have comes from him. He is good to us, whether in need or not. I, I can... Look back to my childhood and, and know that there was times where there wasn't enough food. But it wasn't a hard time in my life. In fact, it was some of the best memories that I had. I, I can remember getting extra portions at school because I knew I wouldn't eat in the evening. And it wasn't hard. It was a blessing. And look at me now. Look how wide I am now. You know what I mean? I've learned what it is to be hungry and now I'm learning what it is to be too full, and sometimes I might need to learn to be hungry again, but uh, God is good, with or without. Some of you will know that I, I'm a, a director with a theatre company called um, uh, Forefront, and they put a play on called Reckless Abandonment. It's about the story of the Elliots, not these guys, um, the missionaries, the Elliots, where um, they go off to, to tell a tribe about Jesus, and uh, I think all the guys end up dying. Um, but, but Jim Elliot wrote this. He says, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Listen, we need to learn to trust in God. We need to learn to walk with him. We need to learn that everything that we have from him is a blessing and we need to learn to be generous. And so I brought my chart. Isn't it good? (laughs) Don't you like it? I spent hours trying to get these boxes perfect and write the numbers in them for you. And and here it is. This is, this is, 
I want to, I want to teach you a little bit about how we give, okay? Because sometimes we, we, we panic and freak out and thinking we can't possibly do that. So, so sometimes we're here and, and we want to get to, to here, okay? So we, we're at number one, but we want to be at number nine. But number nine's a long way from number one, don't you think? So, for instance, say, say you want to give some money to church, okay? But you don't have a lot of money, okay? Say, say your life's a bit of a struggle, you know what I mean? So, so there's many steps to getting to this point, you know what I mean? And sometimes just taking that little step is important from one to two, rather than going from one to nine and thinking, this isn't working. It's really important that we learn to give, what we feel is right. And some people can jump big numbers right down to this or even right down to this, but some people have to do little baby steps along the way. What's important to do is learning to give a little. It's important even to take a first step and say, you know, I don't have much, but I am just going to give a teeny percent of what I have to God, even if that's 0.5 is a step. And maybe you build it up to something that's a bit bigger. Some people can take huge steps and go, right, I can give God, um, you know what I mean, 35% of what I have because I have so much else that, that I have. But it's, it's learning that, it's learning to be generous. I, I once, oh, I haven't got any money. Anyone got any money? <laughs> You're all going, no. <laughs> I'll do it with things. I'll do it with keys. <laughs> I once said to my friend, I says, yeah. I said, so how does it work? I said, so, so, so do you say to God, take what you want? And he said, yeah, it's a bit like that. He says, but you're holding your hands up the wrong way. He says, you do it this way, and you say, God, take what you want. And he says, what's left? He says, really, what's yours? <laughs> and I thought, oh, very good, very good, very good. But you've got to learn, you know what I mean? We've got to learn to be generous. We've got to learn to trust in God. We've got to learn that, that you know what I mean, everything that comes from him can go back to him. You know, it's, it's about... Living well. It's about living in the steps of him. I was at university um, in Exeter once speaking, and, and the, 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 the question came of, um, what do I think about the lottery? And I said, what do I think about the lottery? He says, yeah, do you think it's a good thing to do or a bad thing to do? And we talked about around about it all the way. So I said, you know I mean, some people get addicted to gambling, and so therefore the lottery wouldn't be a good thing. And he said, no, really, what, what does God think about it? I said, well, this is what I think God thinks about the lottery. He wants us to learn to trust in him and not in some magic numbers that get pulled out of hat each week. We've got to learn to trust in him. And, and that's the most important lesson. And that's why, yeah, I mean, if you look at the odds of the lottery, you're never going to win. You're more likely to get killed by a vending machine than win the lottery. That's, that's all I'm saying. So, um, but it's all about trust. Do we trust God? Do we trust him with our lives? Do we trust him with our money? Because that's the most important thing. So let me pray. Father, we do realize that everything that we have comes from you and belongs to you. We thank you that you've given us, uh, given us things. And we just want to be like you and learn to be generous. Help us to have our eyes open to those who are in need. Help us to have hearts that are willing to share what we have. 
Um, Father, I thank you that we're, we're part of this church, and I, I pray that you help us to, 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 to give to this church, to be part of the ministry that goes on here. But Father, we don't want to be people who hold on to things and not open our hearts. So speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Touch us, convict us, but help us to give out of what we feel is right from our heart. I ask this in your name. Amen. And before we sing, you can come up, Liz. <laughs> We're nearly there. I just want to say, well, I want to say that I've got these things ready. No, the treasurer's away on holiday. Um, he's away at a christening today, so he's not around. But he has left me forms for you. <laughs> so if you want to give, there's a, a standing order. If you're part of this church and you come here weekly and you don't give, consider what you should be giving. What's on your heart? So there's forms here. There's also... Um, if you want to give a gift form as well. So there's a gift. But that's for those who belong here, who come here, that this is your church. It's not for, for those who are, who are guests. I imagine you've got other churches or other, other places to, to give. But if you want to give, that's, that's there. And it's important ministry. It's a really important thing to do. And I'm done. And I'm sitting down. 